the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Nice to have you along. Appreciate your time today. Uh, we will talk about uh, the growing incivility, panic, anger of our president. Wow. Yesterday, uh, Joe Biden, who tries very hard to separate himself from everything Donald Trump ever did, pretty evident in everything that happens with the Biden administration, all of Trump's policies worked. None of Biden's do because he just will not do anything Trump does. But he does do one thing better than Trump did, even though I'm sure the left would disagree with that. The one thing that Biden does better is be exceedingly rude to people who ask him fair questions. Now, Donald Trump took a lot of heat. He was unfit to be president. He was uh, crude, boorish. And, of course, offended everyone in our country by deeming most of the reporting by the mainstream media fake news. This was an assault on the free press. Uh, Donald Trump, at one point in time, said to a reporter, you're a bad reporter. Oh, the outrage. Well, uh, we have seen numerous cases of Joe Biden being ill-tempered, rude, Mean-spirited, I played one for you yesterday uh, where he was talking to Philip Wegman of Real Clear Politics. And he was like, I assume you got into journalism because you wanted to read. That's very condescending. But Joe Biden, as he has proven throughout his one year and one week presidency, is always capable of doing worse and going lower. Southern border, a mess. Afghanistan, a bigger mess, a bigger humiliation. Uh, Misspeaking about a minor incursion in Ukraine uh, touches off international panic. Shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline at the behest of the uh, green goofballs out there, causing a gas spike all around the country, getting into the pockets of real Americans. Joe Biden always shows himself capable of doing worse than he did the day before. And in that vein, yesterday he was holding a feel-good event at the White House in which he was talking about some grand plan that he has to get inflation under control. And at the end, he allowed himself to take questions, which I can't believe that happened without Jen Psaki falling on her sword (laughs) protesting that less than a week after Joe Biden rambled, stumbled, bumbled 
causing an international incident and a domestic incident by saying flat out, not insinuating, but saying flat out that the 2022 midterms wouldn't be fair elections unless he got all of his radical Democratic takeover of elections passed. I can't believe Saki allowed that. But at any rate, maybe Biden went off script again. Grandpa, you know, it's hard to get him to go where you want him to go. Somebody asked Joe Biden first question about Ukraine. It's a pressing matter. Kind of a big deal. The potential of an armed conflict with Russia. We did put 8,500 troops on alert yesterday that we might be sending them to the border of the Ukraine. If you're going to answer any questions yesterday as a president, Ukraine probably going to be on the tips of the tongues of reporters. And Biden, of course, reacted angrily. This is why I don't answer questions from you people, because we're here to talk about inflation. Okay, so I would think a guy who has been in politics... Uh, longer than Methuselah was alive, would know that reporters have the freedom to ask whatever is the most pressing question at the time. But, you know, Grandpa wants his Wheatina when he wants his Wheatina. So you're not allowed to ask him anything other than his narrow focus at the moment. I'm here to talk about inflation. Okay, so Peter Ducey thought, all right. You're here to talk about inflation. I'm going to ask you about inflation. And this is how it went. And this is how Joe Biden responded. Why are you sending any kind of inflation? Thank you. Will you take questions on inflation? Do you think inflation is a political liability? That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. The question was, do you think inflation will be a liability at the midterms? It's hard to tell. The reporters are shouting. And you heard what Joe Biden said. Ah, sarcastically. No, it's a liability. And then he called him a stupid SOB. Uh, I know we've become desensitized to profanity. But when I was a boy, if anybody called you an SOB, you were pretty justified in responding with a punch, more than one, because that is something that, where I grew up, you didn't dare say, to insult someone in that way. Again, I know, we've grown desensitized to smut in all forms. But what did that comment reflect? Is it a reflection on Peter Ducey? Was it a stupid question? No. Is Peter Ducey stupid? No, Peter Ducey's not stupid. Peter Ducey is sand in Joe Biden's oyster. Fox News is sand in Joe Biden's oyster. Republicans are sand in Joe Biden's oyster. Conservatives are sandpaper in Joe Biden's oyster. Because Joe Biden is a thin-skinned, ineffective, awful leader. He does not understand that being the president of the United States is about serving everyone. He had someone write it for him in his inaugural speech that he was going to unite the country, attempt to. He has not attempted to in any way, shape, or form. And comments like that which he made yesterday and the one he made last week to Jackie Heinrich, also of Fox News, when she said, why are you waiting on Vladimir Putin to make the first move? What a stupid question, Joe Biden said. It's not a stupid question. A lot of America wants to know. Why are you waiting for Vladimir Putin to do something 
in the Ukraine, whereas he's clearly threatening to do, before you hammer him with sanctions. Why not hammer him with sanctions up front to say, get your troops off the border, Vlad? Now listen, I'm not as exorcised over the whole Ukrainian thing as a lot of people are. Call me crazy. I think our own southern border is a much bigger domestic threat than whatever goes on in Ukraine. I'll listen to you try to talk me into why we should be involved over there. I will not listen to why we should be involved over there to a greater degree than any of the other NATO countries, who are, many of them, much more in peril from Russia taking over the Ukraine than we would be. But the point of this is that Joe Biden's answer shows that he's very worried about inflation and what its impact will be on him and his party come the midterm elections. And he should be worried. He should be very worried. I filled up my car with gas last night. Thankfully, the price was under $3 a gallon. But still, to fill up my modestly sized tank of my 8-year-old sedan was $36.88. Ah, back during the halcyon days of the Trump administration, I filled up my car many times and never paid more than 30 bucks because gas was well under 250 a gallon. Gasoline prices touch everyone. Gasoline prices hurt everyone. They have jumped directly because of Joe Biden policies. The store shelves are empty directly because of Joe Biden policies. Hamburger, all food items cost more because of Joe Biden's policies. And I suppose the only consolation from yesterday's intemperate, profane, unbecoming comment by Joe Biden is that it'd be much better if he actually fixed those issues, but he's incompetent and unwilling to do that. But at least we have the solace of knowing that he sees his own demise coming 10 months out. I told you yesterday that I do not share the rampant glee over the big Intel announcement of the new tech city that's coming to Lincoln, uh, Licking Licking County, rather, and Jersey Township. I'm skeptical that that area will be able to remain uh, unaffected by importing people from Intel who think much differently politically than the people who live there right now. It's going to impact schools. There are going to be all kinds of fights. It's going to displace landowners. So I just think there's always a downside with an upside. I'm not against jobs. I'm not against the construction jobs. I'm not against the intel jobs. And I, yes, understand progress. But I just said, I think there's a view of this that is a little bit more realistic than the, you know, pom-pom waving that's been going on ever since the announcement. But, of course, the reason for the pom-pom waving is because I'm sure Mike DeWine and John Husted view this as an automatic re-election for them in 2022. I mean, they are challenged. Jim Renacci is running against DeWine. Joe Blystone is running against DeWine. We'll have a primary in May. We'll have a Republican nominee. And that Republican nominee will most likely end up running against Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley in the fall. This is really bad news for Nan Whaley because... Nan Whaley has been targeting 
Ohio's lack of economic development. Uh, hard case to make for Nan in the aftermath of Intel coming to Central Ohio. And it's bad news for Renacy. And it's, I don't know that it really eats much into Blystone's campaign. Because Joe Blystone is man of the people. He's pounded the pulpit about DeWine caving to, hmm, first, Governor Amy Acton. Hmm. I say that only half tongue-in-cheek. And all of the health alarmists, Bruce Vanderhoff and others that DeWine keeps trotting out there, don't see the widespread press conference panic announcements anymore from Dr. Vanderhoff and Vanderhoff and the other reps from Nationwide Children's, Wexner Medical Center, Grant Medical Center, on and on and on. Did you notice the test numbers are way up, higher than they've ever been? Why aren't we out there with the panic press conference anymore? Because we are perilously close to a May primary, and Mike DeWine knows that is a losing message. So, if you've been listening, you've noticed, probably on radio stations all over town, the start of Mike DeWine's re-election campaign commercials. Uh, our friend Jack Windsor, who will join the show tomorrow, has written about this on the Ohio Press Network site. But I'm sure, and I get it, Hustead and DeWine are going to continue to portray this with all sunshine, all balloons, pink unicorns flying in the air about how great this is for Ohio and how this shows that they are worthy of another term. DeWine, when he talked about it last week in Newark, tried to thread the needle. What do my constituents really like to hear about? Oh, they like to hear me disparage China. So here is what Mike DeWine said. Intel's announcement is a signal to China and to the rest of the world that from now on our essential manufactured products in this country will be made in the United States of America. Yes. Unlikely... Voices for America First, uh, Mike DeWine, ladies and gentlemen, taking his turn at the podium. He doesn't look much like Donald Trump. He hasn't sounded much of the same refrain as Donald Trump, but if it will get him reelected, he is not beneath that. Now, as I said yesterday, the one comparable that comes to mind for me is the proliferation of Honda and Honda-related plants all over West Central Ohio in the 1970s, late 1970s. Jim Rhodes was the governor. Uh, It got Jim Rhodes another term as governor. Rhodes was very popular. He'd already had three terms, so maybe that had nothing to do with it. But I remember very well when Honda came to Marysville. And then we had the Transportation Research Center in East Liberty. And then we had other satellite plants built in Bell Fountain, and in Anna, and all over. There are a lot of Honda suppliers. I've never seen a final reckoning. I would assume one of our enterprising dispatch business reporters will do that study at some point on the effect 50 years later, 40 years later, of Honda on Central Ohio. I don't know if they'll do it fairly. I don't know if they'll do it through a prison that's not exceedingly woke. But they'll probably do it. It was also comical to see Joe Biden last week try to take credit for the Intel announcement in Central Ohio. And of course, of course, the number one glomer honor 
as man of the people, Ohio Democratic Senator and career politician Sherrod Brown. There is not a less blue-collar guy in the history of politics than Sherrod Brown. He is a quintessential Ivy League elitist. His wife is a muckety-muck at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. He is the epitome of fraudulent, phony, blue-collar, man-of-the-people Democrat. This guy probably has never used a fingernail file under one fingernail in his life to remove any actual dirt from any manual labor. Yet every time there's a manufacturing job that he's had nothing to do with, he's quick to take credit for it. The unknown in this Intel deal is what compromises did Ohio make to get them to come here? Now, as I've said many times, I'm not going to be hypocritical on this. I'm not anti-tax breaks. These nut jobs that complain about tax breaks, like AOC when she chased Amazon out of her district in New York. Great call, AOC. Nobody needs a job there. That wouldn't help your constituents. Working at a big Amazon distribution center, you give tax breaks because if you don't, somebody will. And it's advantageous to have the jobs as opposed to not having the jobs. But we don't have the details yet on the financial incentives, on the tax abatements. We don't have those details yet. Did Mike DeWine and John Husted have to give away the farm, literally and figuratively? I'll bet so. Doesn't mean it wasn't worth it, because there are a lot of jobs coming but it will change the character of that part of Licking County. Which is kind of interesting because both DeWine and Husted are kind of rural guys. Now, they've both been in politics long enough that they may have lost some of their allegiance to their rural roots, but it will be interesting to watch and see. When we get the details, when the paperwork is all in, when the last I is dotted and the T is crossed, What did Ohio have to give away to get Intel to come here? But Biden, of course, last week was saying, oh, you know, we got we got people flying out to Ohio. Big announcement coming as if he had something to do with it. He had nothing to do with it. Ironically enough, the only person who's really telling the truth in this whole thing without any kind of partisanship ruling their commentary is Woke Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther, who termed the Intel deal a great day for Central Ohio. Andy knows he's got the monopoly on getting reelected as that D next to his name, so he doesn't have to worry about driving any voters away by saying something nice about a Republican. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.